Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3. I'm Chua Tian Tian with your Market View. Now, inflation remains the top of minds of investors as they continue to mouth the latest September's consumer price index figures. Never recall the reading from the US came in hotter than expected at 8.2% on year in September, while the annual core inflation rose from 6.3% in August to 6.6% in September, the highest yearly increase in 40 years. Now, meantime, market participants continue to digest a slew of earnings report at the start of a new corporate earnings season for clues on how inflation and interest rate hikes have eaten into top and bottom lines. So what are the implications of these reports coming out of the US? Plus, back home, the Monetary Authority of Singapore has undertaken its fifth round of monetary tightening since last October to mitigate the impact of rising imported inflation. But how effective will this be? To break down all the recent developments, I'm joined by Julian Wee, Investment Strategist at Credit Suisse. Hi, Julian. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on our show as well. Uh, Julian, let's start with the US. So the September Consumer Price Index figures was just out last night. To what extent was this within your expectations, given earlier reports that US producer prices actually rose 0.4% for the month? Yeah, it was it was fairly in line with uh, what we had been looking for, which was about 0.5% month on month. I think, um, you know, notwithstanding, it's uh, slightly uh, slower than what we had been expecting. We still think that um, the, the the core message remains intact that inflation is still um, sticky on the downside and the Fed remains unconvinced um, that it's uh, got the job done uh, yet. So it's still likely to continue to, to be hiking and we um, are looking for a 75 basis point hike in November followed by a 50 basis point hike in December and uh, this should eventually take us to a terminal rate of about 475 to 5 um, in um, the first half of 2023. As you mentioned, interest rate hikes, investors continue to comb through minutes from the Fed's meeting in September. Now, while the minutes showed that the Fed is very much expected to keep hiking rates until the job is done, right? And there was one comment from the minutes that investors took part in, and that comment in particular said that it's important to calibrate the pace of further tightening with the aim of mitigating risk of adverse effects on economic outlooks. So what do you read into this? We still think that uh, it's important always to remember that the Fed uh, has a dual mandate. So it's not just inflation, it's also full employment. And uh, on that note, it's important to note that the job market has been fairly resilient and this gives the, sp- uh, the Fed the space to focus on inflation uh, for the time being. Uh, now, there has been uh, an obvious slowdown in hiring, but it's also been equally obvious that it's uh, been very gradual. Um and uh, on that note, you know, we see that the FIAT uh, has the room to continue hiking to 425, as I mentioned, before uh, holding steady through 2023 into 2024. This is, of course, barring some sort of collapse in the labor market uh, or some ex- exogenous shock like another uh, perhaps escalation in uh, geopolitical tensions or a revival in uh, COVID uh, disruptions, for example. But barring something big like that, the Fed is likely to continue to focus on inflation and continue hiking into the first half of next year. And uh, Julian, I also want to look into a number of corporate earnings reports released over the past few days. PepsiCo has hiked forecasts amid expectations beating third quarter earnings. Companies like Delta, Domino's Pizza reported as well. So, have the impact of inflation and rising rates been reflected in the reports out so far? 
Yeah, well, without addressing any one particular uh, corporate report, uh, I think the overall uh, picture is still that um, the market remains somewhat a bit too optimistic in terms of uh, earnings growth, given that um, the monetary policy tightening has been um, quite aggressive and um, this is likely to lead to a fairly material slowdown in uh, growth overall. Um, this is being supported um, somewhat by um, a, a rebound in services. Um, however, overall, uh, we do expect GDP growth to uh, continue to slow and that will impact uh, earnings growth and we expect um, Tremont forward expectations to come, come, come down to um, you know, lower low single digit growth um, in the in the months to come, and uh, that's partly why we are also kind of uh, cautious on on equities overall. Right, and on that note, we are seeing a number of banks reporting tonight as well. So, what are your expectations so far, given how directly they're affected by rising rates? It's a bit tricky that one. Banks typically you know benefit from higher yields because that's where they park a lot of their, their cash holding. So higher bond yields will have benefited banks. However, the volatility in markets would have hurt uh, trading revenues overall. And uh, similarly, a slowdown in loan growth as well would um, have um, impacted revenues. So it, this one is a bit hard to call. It could go either way, but um, it would be an important barometer for um, the markets tonight. Well, Julian, earlier we talked about companies like PepsiCo, Domino's. They seem rather resilient in light of inflation. We also have companies like Delta benefiting from tourism. But uh, overall, what would the latest corporate earnings reports mean for markets? And how do you see different sectors to perform going forward? I think, uh, you know, there, there is a services. Uh, the services rebound is likely to continue for a while. So the companies that you mentioned uh, do kind of, uh, you know, fall into that category. So it, it's, it's natural that they would be seeing uh, better numbers. However, on the uh, manufacturing side, industrial Production is likely to, you know, kind of uh, taper off. Invent the inventory rebuild has um, kind of uh, is it, fairly complete uh, compared to um, pre-COVID levels. So overall, you know, you you could see a bit of a, a divergence uh, in terms of uh, services versus uh, manufacturing overall. But in general, if if uh, the earnings uh, picture comes in stronger, that would help to bolster market sentiment, but we suspect it will still be kind of um, at the margins. Uh, ultimately, it's still the Fed outlook that will dominate. And the main risk at the moment is that the Fed um, over tightens or tightens excessively uh, into next year and, um, you know, accidentally kind of you know, inadvertently causes a, a deeper or more extended recession um, than would otherwise be needed. Right. And since you mentioned about a recession, Julian, what are the chances of us entering into a recession or rather what are the chances of the US economy entering into a deeper recession? For now, um, it, 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 it's quite finely perched. Um, our uh, estimates of a recession risk over the next six months are kind of close to 50, but still below. So we do not see a recession as likely, but they are the risks are uncomfortably uh, close to a, a, a recession. Um, nevertheless, at the moment, we still see that even if there is a recession, it'll probably be a fairly shallow one, given that the um, uh, the job market overall in the US uh, continues to 
be quite resilient and uh, sentiment overall in the, in the real economy is still quite positive. And um, globally, the reopening and the uh, recovery or the gradual repair in um, supply chains um, is likely to continue as well. So all these should at, uh, at least support growth at, at the bottom and uh, uh, prevent a deep recession. Uh, however, this, of course, requires that the Fed um, is fairly careful and uh, nimble in terms of its pace of tightening. If you're just tuning in, we are now speaking to Julian Wee, investment strategist at Credit Suisse. Now, from the US, Julian, I want to take us home to Singapore, not spared from rising prices and rates as well. The MAS announced its move to tighten this monetary policy by uh, recentering the midpoint of the SNEER, which is Singapore dollar against key trading partners. To what extent was this within expectations or were you expecting a double-barreled move? Yeah, I think expectations <laughs> in the market were mm. uh, expectations in the market were kind of uh, finely perched there as well. Um, to be honest, uh, this was uh, stronger than what I had been expecting. I would I, I thought that after two consecutive um, recenterings and the fact that um, you know the the MAS had kept the uh, signal at kind of about uh, stable at about 0.8% above the midpoint for the last uh, two months. And also intervention in the sing dollar had uh, tapered off in um, August and September. Uh, I, I was of the opinion that they would go with the weaker move of uh, just steepening the slope. Uh, however, this is uh, a bit of a surprise and it suggests that MES is still very concerned about the fact that inflation remains um, uh, very hot and um, a hiring market is also, is also quite heated and uh, I think there's... Um, quite a significant demand in the property market as well. So overall, uh, clearly MES saw that uh, there was a need to, um, or at least MES felt that there was a need to go uh, with a stronger move. Um, however, it's uh, interesting to note that uh, in the statement, MES did say they see that the positive output gap reversing in um, 2023. You know, positive output gap means um, the economy is uh, functioning at above trend. And uh, they did say they expect the economy to, to, to slow to below trend next year. However, it's still uh, fairly decent 3 to 4% growth. So we think that they, uh, they, they see the reopening continuing uh, with a fairly robust pace and the hiring should remain quite uh, um, strong as well. And so the economy is uh, you know, uh, sufficiently well poised to accept a stronger tightening move. Question is, Julian, how effective is this move? To what extent is it a double-edged sword for businesses here in Singapore, given that it, you try to strengthen the dollar to prevent more imported inflation, but at the same time, we're seeing more tourism in Singapore and all. What would a stronger dollar mean, actually? Yes, 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 that's right. Um, it, it is it is a, 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 a slightly tricky one there, but right. I think um, overall, overall the, um, the thing, given that the Sing economy is very externally exposed. The um, the uh, currency is the appropriate uh, policy tool. Um, so there, there, there will be uh, increased uh, inflows in terms of um, uh, because of the reopening. But uh, at the margins, the strongest thing might help to kind of deter that a little bit. It would also, obviously, as you suggested, uh, as you said, um, it would also help to mitigate uh, imported inflation, especially um, for uh, necessities like food and energy. But in addition to that, it would also help with the hiring process um, because wages in Sing would necessarily appreciate uh, relative to wages in other countries as well or other currencies as well. So that would help with the hiring process as well, which you know is still ongoing and there's, um, it's it's um, struggling to keep pace 
with uh, the pace of uh, reopening. So that's also something that would be helpful for help to contain uh, inflation. And uh, in any case, I think the MAS assesses that the economy could do with a bit of um, of slowing down a little bit. So to the extent that it um, it, 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 it reduces a bit of demand externally. I think that's something that um, MAS assesses to be appropriate and necessary for um, sustaining the recovery for an extended period. Right. And finally, before we let you go, Julian, where do you expect the MAS to go in its next monetary policy statement? Yeah, well, given that, um, you know, as I mentioned, they appear to already be slowing down the pace of um, intervention yeah. and appear to be, um, you know, guiding the senior in a more um, stable fashion. I think um, they might, uh, you know, going forward, they probably will not be recentering anymore. Uh, and especially given that they um, have already shifted their outlook uh, on the output gap to, uh, you know, reversing into a negative territory next year, I think they are probably going to be comfortable with the current pace of appreciation. So it should be remembered that uh, the policy band is already appreciating at a pace of about, we estimate around 1.5% per year. So if they keep the senior stable um, with respect to the midpoint of the band, that would uh, imply an appreciation of 1.5% uh, a year automatically anyway. So um, it, I, I would imagine that they would be fairly comfortable with that. Um, if not, in any case, there is still room within the current uh, policy band to appreciate the, the senior. I think we, I, I'm just looking at the numbers and I think it's about 0.7% uh, above the midpoint at the moment after today's uh, appreciation. So um, the, the, the band is probably about plus minus 2%. So there's significant uh, headroom for them to push the thing stronger within the, the current band structure. So I don't see that they will need to um, recenter going forward. But another steepening is a, a potential, um, probably for, for April. I don't think they will need to do an intermeeting uh, move. Right. Thank you very much, Julian. That was Julian Wee, Investment Strategist at Credit Suisse. Thanks for joining us here on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.